Young Pro Show, hosted by Dom Fry, the insurance guy. Would you still do something great if nobody ever saw it? A podcast for young professionals to come together and talk about their goals and their path to get there. And if I fail, I'll fail forward. I sit down with other forward-thinking individuals and talk about what they are doing to accomplish their dreams of tomorrow. Maintaining strength while living in your purpose. Mm. Now let's dive into the next legendary episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Young Pro Show. So today's guest I am really excited to have on a friend uh, from high school, friend that you know went to Pettisville High School together. Let's welcome on Evan King. Evan, how's it going, dude? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, dude. I, I'm excited. You know, as I just said, excited. As you said, you are an open book and, you know, you're going to be willing, um, you know, your willingness to share. But I, I think, and we'll get into this, you know, in more detail later. But I'm also excited because you are, um, you know, the outside of my teammates, I guess, at Hitchings, you are the first per insurance agent, insurance professional that I've had on the podcast. So I'm really excited just to be able to talk about that aspect. Um, you know, I, I love insurance, been in the industry for three years now, and I'm really excited just to hear how it's been going for you and just to dive in to that avenue with you. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a catchy name like Don Fry, the insurance guy, but hopefully I'll be able to put some insight in here. Evan King, the insurance king. Um, Ooh. Evan King. I mean, there's got to be a lot of things that rhyme with King. Well, at the brainstorm, everybody can uh, just respond, <laughs> respond to this podcast with great ideas for me. Yes. <laughs> Dude, there's so many things that rhyme with I-N-G, insurance. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. For sure, dude. Yeah, if anybody has any <laughs> ideas, send them our way, send them my way, send it Evan's way. Absolutely. Let's just open up a couple, you know, just kind of fun questions just to get to know you a little bit better as an individual, Evan. Uh, you know, first question is what, what's a hobby for you? What do you enjoy to do outside of work? Yeah, absolutely. So I love to spend a lot of time outside, um, whether that be golfing or disc golfing. So those are two things that I spend a lot of time, um, just being able to refresh and, you know, if I have a bad day at work, go out, play some disc golf and kind of be able to let that go. So, um, spend a lot of time disc golfing with my family and then, I actually like to play golf by myself, so just go out there and be alone and spend that time in nature. So, when did you get in? I know, like you know, in high school you golfed. When did you mm-hmm. get into disc golfing? Yeah, so I actually I didn't pick up disc golfing um, until later in high school. My my grandpa had some discs, and we would go out in his backyard and just try to throw them as far as we could. But the first time I actually went to a course was probably after I graduated. Um, that summer between high school and college, um, me, my dad, my grandpa, my uncle, we would go out almost every weekend and play just to, you know, I think everybody was kind of scared that they were losing me when I went to college. So, um, we spent a lot of time together and that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's really cool, man. Uh, next question is, so you mentioned that you play golf and it may, Mm -hmm. golf may be the answer, but what is, I know that you are, you know, you're uh an athlete you're a sports fan you know obviously you just mentioned two sports right there but what is your favorite whether it's to play or watch what is your favorite sport yeah so i think my favorite sport to watch is probably baseball um 
something that some listeners probably know about me is I worked for the Toledo Mud Hens for three years. And so baseball definitely is a favorite. Um, but really, if there's a ball involved, I'm there. So you know, I love watching basketball. love watching some Cleveland Browns football. Um, oh, yeah. Dog check. So they just today. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. Just today, they released the schedule: Browns and Chiefs, Week One, and we're oh, playing yeah. the Packers on Christmas Day. Yeah, I heard it, apparently Tony Romo is going to be on the call for that Chiefs game. So hopefully Ooh. that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Love it. If there's a ball involved, you are there. Yes, sir. Last question that I have for you then is, you know, we just get to know you a little bit. Are you a morning or a night person, Evan? Ooh. Yeah, I'd say I, you know, burn it on both ends of the stick there a little bit. Um, get up in the morning, start working, go work out, whatever it is, get the day started on the right foot. And then midday nap is essential to get through the day. Um, nice. And then um, – get at it again at night so i've learned with insurance you know most people answer the phones in the morning and at night so finding ways to be productive in the middle of the day sometime a nap is the most productive thing i can do so um yeah i i like getting up and getting after it but i can also stay up late too nice dude and yeah no i agree wholeheartedly sometimes you just need a nap in the middle of the day just to reset just to um you know if you're feeling <clears throat> feeling exhausted rather than pushing through it and then just kind of getting junk hours after that being able to take a quick nap rejuvenate yourself boom and be productive the rest of the day absolutely i love it so let's you know we have talked about it a little bit but i guess a little more detail you know give me the 30 second 60 second you know what are you doing professionally today evan yeah so i'm a health insurance agent for health markets so i'm an independent agent um I like that aspect of it because I can shop around from the best coverage for my clients. And so what I'm doing a lot is, you know, making cold calls, but then meeting with my clients in person and doing a fact finder, learning about them, you know, personal history, also health history and just finding coverage that best fits them. So I do health insurance, supplemental insurance and life insurance, and it's through health markets. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, we're going to build up um, build up to kind of see how you got to where you are today. So let's <laughs> go back in time, um, yeah. you know, a couple years. Let's go back. You actually, whoa, today, this year is your five-year uh, your class reunion. Your, yeah. Your five-year class reunion, right? We'll see if we'll see if El Presidente Andrew Souter can plan something for us or not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Shout out any, to the Souter boys. We both got them as president. I was going to say, if he's anything like his older brother, who was El Presidente of 2014, you will <laughs> you will not be doing anything this summer. Yeah. Um, no, that's cool. Uh, you know, five, I just yeah, just clicked me five years for you. That's awesome. So go back five years, 18 years old. You know, at that time, what were your career goals? Like, what were you thinking career wise when you graduated high school? Man, five, at 18 years old. Like right now, five years ago, I was in the box office at the Toledo Mud Hens with a bunch of UT and BG recent grads as a ticket sales intern with the Mud Hens. And they were all killing it. And I probably I probably upsold four customers like four fans all summer. And they would they were just I was learning a bunch from them, but 
at that point, I was just like, man, what am I getting myself into? So I, I thought I was going to be in the front office um, of a professional sports team coming out of high school. And then, you know, went to Indiana Wesleyan for four years, started out as sports management with business administration as a minor. And after my first semester, I talked to some professionals and they recommended that I switch to a business major with a minor in communication. That way I would be more marketable to those professional teams. So um, that's kind of what I thought I was going to do at 18. You know, kept kind of those same goals throughout college. Realized that I liked the college sector more. Um, And then after college, got a job with Indiana Wesleyan in the sports information department. And COVID played into this a little bit. Partly it's because I went to school there. So I really didn't get to grow up as much as I needed to after graduating college, but started out as a grad assistant in sports information. Didn't really find that fit. That's how I found myself at health markets. So 18 year old me thought I'd for sure never leave sports. I love sports, but um, now getting to be a fan instead of an employee for athletics, it just, the joy is back, which is awesome. Kind of working in sports that can get taken away from you, but Um, yeah, 18 year old me, I was working in sports. I was going to climb that ladder and get to the top, whatever it took. I'd start at grounds crew and get up there at some point. But, um, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking at 18. That's awesome, dude. So, you know, you were planning on just following your passion of sports, um, you know, and being involved with that. So you, you mentioned there about, um, you know, I think it's interesting the, I think it's good advice, you know, for what I know. But, you know, the switching majors to the business major with communication route and then, you know, getting that degree in business, but then getting those, you know, I'm assuming then you had internships or you had other, like, avenues that then you had experience within. I mean, obviously you had the Mud Hens. That mm-hmm. was at 18. Um, you know, did you have any other internships or any experience within, like, the sports industries then, like, throughout college? Yeah, so I got plugged in my um, first semester of college with um, a middle school nearby, and I was actually a girls' basketball coach, sixth grade. And that's probably my most learning experience throughout college, really. Um, Learning how to balance coaching with doing school and keeping up with both of those things, but also those girls taught me a ton just Hmm. about myself and how to be a leader, um, what it looks like to be respected, how to earn that respect, and just how to be a good influence no matter what you're doing. Like, coming out of high school, did I think that I was more qualified than coaching sixth grade girls basketball? I did, but what I learned is that I really wasn't even qualified to coach sixth grade girls basketball. Hmm. So it was super humbling, and I learned a lot of lessons through that, which was awesome. Um but then my in the spring, then after that season ended, I got plugged in with the athletic department at Indiana Wesleyan, just doing some PA announcing and um, making some game programs for them. So super simple stuff. But as I went through college, I got more responsibilities within the athletic department. And like I mentioned earlier, I became a grad assistant. Well, learning all those things through college had prepared me to take that job and really, you know, excel in it. Um 
And so I love doing that throughout school. You know, my friends were all athletes, so I got to go to their games and I got paid to watch their games because I was working. So nice. it really worked out well. I was going to be there anyways. Might as well work. So um, that was super awesome. And then in the summers, I, I worked as a press box intern for the Mud Hens. So a little bit different than the ticket sales. I was actually, you know, in there every day. I worked with people in the front office. It was a more, I don't know. There's a higher role, I guess you could say, but just in a different way. So I was actually using the things I was learning in school, getting to build my resume that way. And I met a lot of cool people through that. So I actually got to be um, Tim Tebow's bodyguard when he was with the Syracuse Mets. <laughs> and if anybody knows what I look, I'm five foot nine. <laughs> At that time, I was probably 150 pounds. Um, there is no reason I was Tim Tebow's bodyguard. <laughs> so I, I make that joke all the time. Like, he was protecting me. I don't know what we were going to find in downtown Toledo, but <laughs> I escorted Tim Tebow. So that was pretty fun. But That is, oh, man, dude, that is awesome. And <laughs> I, I feel like the reason, uh, my first thing that comes to my head when you say that is that is such a great – you know, like basically for the rest of your life, you know what? Okay. Give us a fun fact or yeah. what's something that, you know, most people don't know about you. Like, you know, what's something that's unique about you in any kind of, you know, setting where you get asked <laughs> that question and being able to say, yeah, no, actually, should I clarify? Were you like the only person or there was like multiple <laughs> different bodyguards? No, I was, I was the only person that <laughs> took him over there. That's why I was like, when my boss told me I was doing that, I was like, you do realize that I have no muscle at all. <laughs> I promise you that Tim Tebow's biceps are bigger than my face. So there is no reason for this, but it was pretty awesome. Oh, that, that, that makes it even a hundred times better. It's not like, you know, you were just a part of the, uh, yeah, the bodyguard team. Like, you, know, yeah. you were the bodyguard, man. Yeah. Uh, dude, Tim Tebow, yeah, it's like two, three times the size of you. But At least, yeah. You're, you're out there protecting him, man. Oh, yeah. That is awesome. That hey, is nothing happened, fact. so I guess I did my job. But. There you go, dude. That's awesome. So that's a fun fact. But, you know, so you mentioned you had multiple different experiences then, you know, within the sports industry, uh, mm -hmm. you know, at, with IWU and, uh, you know, at College Indiana Wesleyan University and with coaching, um, and you have, you know, I spoke very highly of all those experiences. Like, I guess my question is, at what point, you know, was it during that GA position? Or at what point did you say, you know what, like, you know, or you also mentioned about sports being more of a job compared to yeah. it being a hobby. Like, was that kind of where the crossroads met? Or at what point and what experience then did you say, you know what, like, I just don't think this is for me. And I'm at least open to something outside of sports. Yeah, that's a great question. So as you know, as you know, my family owns a seed company in Northwest Ohio. And so I had a lot of business experience growing up. Um, grandparents on actually both sides own small businesses. And so it was ingrained in me kind of to be an entrepreneur and to be business minded. And so those sorts of things, once COVID hit, I didn't know if I was going to have my GA position. So they, mm. the school kind of froze all hiring. And so I, I was kind of just looking around for options and 
I started working for the farm again just to make some make some money during COVID. You know, ag is an essential business, so they stayed open. I was able to do that, which I'm super grateful for. And that kind of got me thinking again, like, what do I really want to do for these next few years? Um, do I want to take a step away from sports, what I want to do? And so got on Indeed, looking around at jobs, all these recruiters calling me and um, not my type of job search, really. I, I'm more of the, you know, I know somebody works there. I'm going to reach out to them, build that relationship, get an interview based off of that. So this Indeed thing was just, that was a struggle. And, you know, nobody was hiring because of COVID. Right. So my options were not, not that strong. Everything was kind of like, yeah, we might be able to hire you in the fall when stuff opens. I was like, I can't do that. I need to make some money. Just paid a lot of money to go to college. So right, need to do something with my degree. And, yeah, just from that, I was kind of like, okay, maybe sports isn't for me. And then fast forward like a month or two and um they actually opened my ga position i applied for that got it and everything was good so i was just like okay my option worked out that's what i'm going with kind of just rushed back into it didn't really think about it and i was comfortable with that and i think that was the biggest thing is i've known sports forever i've been comfortable with that it's what i have known so just rolled with that and then it was it was about month two. So it was, I think I started in July and it was August. And I was like, man, I do not like sitting in my office all day. And, you know, with athletics, we had probably four nights a week where we had events. So from four o'clock until nine o'clock, I was working an event, which was great. I love that aspect of it. Love making sure that the coaches, players are getting the best experience that they can. That way they can just excel. Which, if anybody, Indiana Wesleyan is a winning culture. Everybody wins, and that's the expectation. So, translate that to an athletic department. The expectation is excellence. It's 100% all the time. You know, there's room for mistakes, but, you know, that growth is expected to be fast. Right. That the process, the the growing pains. When you're a grad assistant, you know, you're not you're not the end of the bench. You're like the number three guy to go to. You are there. I was in charge of eight different sports, and so I I was coming into the office at eight o'clock in the morning, going home at eight or nine at night, repeat the next day, and that was six days a week. And as you can imagine, grad assistants don't get paid very well. And so I was like, you know, I don't know that this is the route for me right now. And I'm getting married this summer. So trying to plan for that and be able to provide for my future wife, um, all those elements and kind of went together for me to be like, it's time for something different. So um, my fiance's uncle is actually the territory vice president for health markets. And he started the conversation with me probably a year before I decided to actually join. Um, so I was still in college thinking I was going the sports route and he kept putting that bug in my ear like, Hey, you're really good at talking to people. You are smart. You seem like somebody that'd be really good at this job. Are you interested? I kept pushing him off. And then it finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to hear him out. I'm going to listen to him and see where this can go. And, you know, 
I this is a great decision so far. I've only been working here for seven months now, eight months, but um, I just love building relationships with people and um, yeah, it's been awesome. I love helping people and building relationships with them. So it's a great line of work for me to be in. That's awesome. That is cool. And like you said earlier, you know, getting out of working in sports has also, you know, um, not necessarily rekindled, but just made you love watching sports again, just being a fan again and, you know, just being able to not have it be, um, you know, your job that you are working in that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's interesting, you know, and and you are by no means alone in that uh, (laughs) as far as how COVID really dramatically impacted your career you know, and that kind of put a pause on everything, didn't know what you were going to do. Then you end up, you know, taking the position to go back um, with the comfortable route and then just kind of starting to question that and think about that during that, you know, transition phase, you can say. Um, And I think it's cool because you also said, you know, as far as the Indeed, as far as, you know, applying online, you're like, that's just not you. You know, you like Mm -hmm. to have that, those relationships, those personal connections and and ultimately, you know, what got you to your current role and where you're at now is that connection. Yeah. You know, is that connection. And, you know, it's something that he had seen, which I also, I think is, for you, is probably humbling, but also, like, a, um, encouraging as well to be able to have somebody else look on at you and say, I think you would be good in this role. You know, and initially you kind of fought it and said, ah, you know, humbug, humbug. I'm right. staying in sports, you know. And then over time, though, just warming up to that idea. So then it's like when once you were ready to hear him out and be able to talk to him about it, it just made it easier for you, um, you know, knowing that he was there to support you. He was there to encourage you. And again, it was that relationship that really set you up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the thing that I was missing. You know, Indiana Wesleyan is a small college and working with the same people every day, seeing the same faces building those relationships. Well, now I have a whole different base to build relationships on. I'm meeting new people every single day, which is awesome. And just being able to build up relationships and try to spread God's love everywhere and go. Um, Hmm. It's a really cool opportunity. It is cool. So let's say, you know, your current role, you know, we mentioned briefly at the beginning, you said, if I remember correctly, it was health insurance, supplemental, then life insurance. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. And how is that, you know, being within the insurance industry now for seven, eight months, like it, you know, you have mentioned how you, um, you love the characteristics, you love what comes with the job, the flexibility, the, you know, being able to meet people, help people, work with people, you know, but there are, I mean, really, you could almost say sales in a lot of different positions, you know, has those kinds of, um, perks to them. Like what specifically do you like, I guess, if anything, what do you like about insurance, specifically the health supplemental and life insurance? Yeah. So what I, what I like about health insurance, especially is that, you know, everybody really should have it. Um, you know, supplemental insurance and life insurance. I also think everybody should have it, but, um, health insurance, especially, you know, anything can happen at any time. So Mm -hmm. having that set up and, you know, finding, finding that best coverage for the client, everything is different. Everybody's different. And so really trying to help them understand it. But I start out every single time I meet with somebody, just getting to know them. The first 
five, 10, 15 minutes of our, you know, our appointment is just getting to know them as a person and trying to build that relationship with them. And so I really like that aspect of it. And then, you know, building that trust with them and letting them know, like, I'm not, I'm not somebody that's going to do them wrong just to make some money. My, my true goal is to help them, you know, find coverage that's going to best protect them and stay within their budget. And so that's my goal before every meeting. I let my, you know, my clients know that and kind of set the tone from the start that I'm here to serve them. So that's what I like about insurance, especially is I don't ever feel like I'm selling them something. I feel like I'm getting them what they need. They just don't know they need it necessarily, or they don't know the right thing that they need. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. Our, yeah. our whole thing with health markets is just, you know, take your clients through the process, help them, help them fall in love with the process that, you know, for me being seven months in, like at the start, I didn't necessarily believe in it. And now that I'm in it and I've seen people that have benefited from what I'm providing them, it changes the ball game. Once, once you have somebody call you and say, Hey, I have to go to the hospital. I broke my leg and you had them set up the right way. So they're getting a check and they can cover their deductible. Like that changes the game. And you're just like, okay, I see what I'm doing and how it's helping people not go bankrupt. And it's awesome. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. And those are, I mean, those are the rewarding conversations, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think like you just said, that's when it really takes the, you know, when you get started, it's like, okay, I don't, you know, insurance is different, unique because you're not selling. It's not like you're selling a car and the person's driving away with the vehicle. Right. You know, like you are selling. There's nothing that they are tangibly able. There's not a product that they are mm-hmm. selling. But then, when you know, in this situation with health insurance, then when something does happen and when you hear those experiences, um, you know, from your clients, then yeah, it just makes it rewarding for you. It makes it worth it, and you know, it also just encourages you then. You know, once you realize that you're not, like you mentioned, you're not just selling a product or selling something for, you know, your benefit, but really you're just helping them provide them with the coverage that they need, you know? So like they need the coverage and it's just providing them the best solution. And, you know, I love how you said you start all your appointments with just getting to know them as individuals, um, you know, and being able to build that trust right off the bat and just... Again, what's your situation? Like, you know, not just, okay, well, here's a cookie cutter. This is what we do for every single person in your situation. It's like, nope, this is, you know, the other nugget I love that you said in there was, you know, you set the tone that I'm here to serve them. Mm -hmm. Boom. I might just cut the the episode right there. All right. That might just be it. So everything we're saying now is just going to be gone. Um, I'm just kidding. But seriously, though, it was, I mean, I loved that line. Um you know, and that, yeah, it's really at the heart of sales, but also, you know, a good, again, think of it from the other point of view, you know, if you're trying to purchase, I don't know, whatever service, whatever product or whatever, like that's how you want somebody else to help you in your situation is, yeah, exactly. like I want you to have, I want them to have that mindset and they are here to serve me because I am the customer. So, you know, Absolutely. hearing you say that is awesome. Um you know, and just hearing those words come out of your mouth and the way that you handle those interactions with your clients. So, 
you know, you mentioned it's been seven, eight months you've been there. Obviously, there are a lot of pros, you know, a lot of great things you've enjoyed thus far. You know, so far being, you know, in, uh, you know, for a little over half a year, mm-hmm. what is the most challenging aspect of your position? <laughs> yeah, so prior to taking this job, I was I was thinking about it when we were talking earlier. Um, but this, this is the most rejection that I've ever faced in my life. <laughs> so I was, I was honestly trying to think like, I've probably been rejected like 15 to 30 times probably like that. I can really think of prior to starting this job. And now I get rejected probably 15 to 30 times a day. So <laughs> just that adjustment, um, you know, coming from a, great home life and a great school, great church, all those things, everybody's always willing to kind of go along with whatever I thought was a good idea. Probably mostly to help me learn that it wasn't a good idea, but (laughs) um, just like the, the people that I was surrounded with always were encouraging me to just try things. But now like I'll try things and I get rejected, but it's helping me learn. So rejection is always a good thing in my opinion Um, there's a reason that you're getting rejected either protecting you or helping you learn so you can do something even better so i've really my first probably two months i did not handle the rejection well but now i'm using that rejection in a different way to see what what do i need to do better how do i improve myself and is there a better way for me to help people so that that is like it's a negative but i'm I'm trying to turn it into a positive. And I think that's with everything in life, you know, take those negative things that happen and how do you spin them to be actually a positive thing? Okay. So I guess I won't cut it where you had that, you know, <laughs> that great line earlier. Cause I love that segment. That is great. You know, I love your attitude and the way that you view the rejection and yeah, you know, especially to get started. It is, <laughs> Um, you know, challenging to get started with rejection, you know, and especially when it's not something you're used to, but I love in there, you know, you said that rejection is good because it's either protecting you or it's a learning experience, you know, Mm -hmm. and just being able to use those to, yeah, just be able to grow from it. And even, you know, to go as far as say, like, you know, you mentioned that like I, uh, not enjoy rejection, but I appreciate it because I know that it's going to either protect me or it's going to help me grow and learn. Um, you know, and I think specifically within, you know, health insurance, within insurance, within, you know, sales, really any position, you know, any of us that are, you know, in our twenties getting started with a job, we're going to face rejection of some sorts, you know, right? we're not just going to step into your first job out of college and say, wow, this is easy. Like I got everything mastered day one. There's going to be rejection. There's going to be hardship, but it's just how do you handle that rejection and hardship? How do you respond to it? Absolutely. Yeah. If you're not facing rejection, you're not growing as much as you should be. Right. Love it, man. So let's go. You know, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, your past, talked about where you are currently and with health markets. You know, let's look at the future just a little bit. And where do you see, you know, in five to 10 years, where do you see or what are some goals that you have professionally? Yeah, professionally, um, you know, five to 10 years, I hope to have my own office. So like right now I'm working from home. Um, but in five to 10 years, me and my soon to be wife, we should know more where we want to be as far as geographically. 
that way I can, you know, plant an office and kind of settle down. Um, most likely it'll be Indianapolis or Fort Wayne, just whatever works best for us, wherever she can get a job. Um, that way we can call somebody somewhere home. Um, and then for me professionally, I'm hoping that health markets, you know, me as an independent agent will be able to support, um, aside either nonprofit or business still trying to work out the details there, but a place that employs people who have, um, special needs. So special people who have special needs are some of the most marginalized people in the United States, especially, um, but also globally. And so bringing awareness to that and creating a space where people with special needs are not marginalized. So it's not only people who have special needs working there. It's not only people who have special needs assisting people who don't have special needs. So I'm not sure what this business looks like yet. Um, a couple ideas are a coffee shop or a miniature golf course or a recreation center. Um, a recreation center would be awesome because then, you know, it can have Paralympic sports as well as um, adaptive sports and non-adaptive sports. And everybody can just, it can be an inclusive environment where everybody can be there. Um, so that's really my goal is that working as a independent insurance agent will be able to support something like that, that I can re reinvest into the community that has invested into me but in that impactful way. Dude, I love that. I love where your heart is at. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, having your own office, that is, you know, that's awesome. That's great. But I think that says a lot about you as an individual that, you know, those are your two goals in five or 10 years is you have <laughs> to have your own office. That's great. But just as equally important is it is not more important is mm -hmm. you know, your heart behind you know, again, helping out those with special needs and be able to employ them. And, you know, you mentioned about them being a marginalized community. Yeah. Um, you know, I, let's touch into that just a little bit. Um, uh, you know, where did that come from or where, where slash when did you like have this desire, you know, for the business or, you know, even just in general to help out those with special needs? Yeah. So I had the special needs, um, call, I would say prior to starting with health markets. So it was actually my junior year of college. Um, I was mentoring two guys. So Terrell, we call him cheeseburger and then Eddie, and they both come from, um, interesting backgrounds, but they both went to Marion high school and they both, um, have special needs. They're high functioning. So they're, they're able to have a job. Um, they actually, you know, Eddie works in the rec center and cheese works in, um, it's called wildcat, but it's like a little dining commons at our school and they excel in their jobs because their attention to detail mm -hmm. is so heightened that, you know, they work circles around everybody. You know, they have the energy, they have the focus and they have the drive to do whatever they're doing with excellence. And so really just watching those two guys work and, you know, interact with everybody with so much joy and so much life. Um, that, that kind of gave me the idea. And then, um, I've actually been having some conversations with Mason Metzger who he went to Indiana Wesleyan. He, um, 
he likes to call it specialized challenges. So he kind of coined that term, but um, he has cerebral palsy. And so he is, you know, confined to a motorized scooter, but his outlook on life is not that, you know, he has a disability and his outlook on life is that it's a specialized challenge, but kind of like how I was saying, use that negative into a positive. He turns his, you know, as most people look at it as a disability, they're like, oh, you have a disability. And they use that term in such a negative way. So he flips that into a specialized challenge where he sees it as an opportunity to be better. And it's so awesome. Um, So, yeah, working with Mason has been really cool and having conversations with him about what does it look like to have a place of employment, you know, to promote this. And I have learned so much from him and just things that I don't even think about. So, yeah, that's been really cool. And just that call, um, hope that it can come to fruition, you know, like I was saying in the next five to 10 years, but if not that soon, you know, down the road for sure. That is awesome, dude. I love that. Um, you know, it's cool to see the Lord working in your life in that mm-hmm. avenue, you know, and him putting that, you know, desire on your heart, uh, you know, and placing those people in your life to, um, <clears throat> you know, just be able to help you and be able to help you learn and grow and also just say, okay, how can I give back to, you know, the community and to, you know, these individuals. And, you know, and that is a great, uh, you know, phrase, the, the specialized, specialized challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. And just seeing it as a challenge, an obstacle to overcome, rather than such the negative connotation that can come with, you know, disability and what right. is a, you know, a disability. So that is, that's really cool, dude. Um, wow, I had no clue that was going to come up in conversation, <laughs> but that is awesome, and I love hearing you share your heart on that, Evan. Yeah, absolutely. So last question that I have for you today, then, that I always end uh, all the episodes with is what are you doing today to reach your dreams of tomorrow? So in your case, you know, you kind of had these two dreams, uh, two dreams, two goals. You know, you talk about opening an office, you know, so as far as Mm -hmm. opening an office, what does that look like? Uh, You know, is that just simply waiting for, you know, you and your fiance to get married and have a location that you're stuck to? Not stuck to, but, you know, you decide you want to plant your roots in. Or is it, you know, a certain benchmark within your business that you need to hit? And then also the you know as far as the the special needs call um, and being able to help those you know what are you practically doing today to you know with health markets or with you know yourself with the connections that you have in order to put this into place within the near future? Absolutely. So <laughs> being the best person and professional that I can be daily is how I'm going to get to these goals faster so you know having those long-term goals but then breaking it down into you know year goals three-month goals weekly goals daily goals so trying to stay on track that way not easy um i do not do well at that but um really trying to stay motivated each day to be the best i can be both personally and professionally and um, as far as the office goes you hit it on the head it is waiting to see where we're going to be. It is getting to that point in my business where it makes sense financially to open a storefront, my own office. Um, and then on the the other side of things, looking at the um, opening up a business that 
will help employ people who have those specialized challenges. That's, that's a financial thing and that's a timing thing. Um, you know, me and Kenzie haven't talked a whole lot about what our plan is as far as starting a family, but it'll kind of have to coexist with that. You know, if I'm starting to have kids, it's not a great time to start a business. So, um, really kind of as life lines up, you know, there's never going to be a good time. Right. But (laughs) when the, when the finances and the time kind of, I'm going to need to step away a little bit from the volume I'm doing in health insurance to be able to start this the way it should be. So, um, those sorts of things, whenever the timing seems the, the most right, uh, then hopefully it'll take action. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that through, through health insurance, through just meeting people, I'm going to meet some other people that have the same passion. That way the financial burden won't be solely on me Hmm. and we can kind of get a team of people, you know, build a board of directors or whatever the case is there to really all go in at this and make sure that it is as successful as it should be um, for the benefit of the people that it's for. Wow. That is awesome, dude. Um, Dude, I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm proud of you. That is awesome. Again, you know, to hear that calling on your heart and just, I'm excited for you just to see what the future looks like. You know, yeah. obviously, uh, you know, I'm ex- here pretty shortly. You're going to be a married man and that will be, you know, a change in your life and excited for you as you take that step with Kenzie. Uh, but then, you know, what it looks like for you guys with location and with this business. And like you said, being able to potentially find a couple other people to go together in this, um, mm-hmm. you know, would be beneficial. And, you know, it is it's a calling that's on your heart that the Lord has placed there and it's waiting for the stars to align, waiting for his timing. His timing is always perfect. And you know, when the opportunity arises for that and just being ready to, you know, I like how you said, you know, breaking down your goals, even as far as the day and daily goals and being able to, you know, position yourself so that you are ready that when the Lord opens that door for you, you're ready to take it. You know, you're, you're ready to walk through that door. Yeah, for sure. Love it, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Evan. I uh, really appreciate you know you sharing your story, and um, you know I, I am honored to have Tim Tebow's bodyguard <laughs> join the podcast today. Hey, if that's the best thing, then uh, hopefully people listen to this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of The Young Pro Show. You can interact on social media. The Young Pro Show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My personal pages can be found at DJFry25. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to the show. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. And God bless you.